Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, role models. Welcome to the Catwalk Movement. It's Chantel here. Hi, Ange. Hi, Shan. We literally should be like, Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, you won't get a reply back from me. You gotta find Merry where you can, babes. It's Christmas Eve. Happy holidays. Okay. <laughs> what? Don't let Boris get you down. <laughs> I didn't do Boris. You don't. This has been a this has been a, a tradition for that. Like, anyway, we, that's a whole other um, episode. If you want to go into the whole depths of Christmas. This, yeah, no. I wonder what it is. So many people that like, I can't be bothered with this thing. Is it really that like, I'm really believing in my parents now? Like Christmas is for the kids, isn't it? That as well. Like that big old 23 year old is not doesn't care about what day it is. The 25th of December. So they're no longer we're getting woken up. Oh, can I open my presents? <laughs> Brother, I've even got presents to open. <laughs> production this year and he's like can I open a present today and I'm like boy if you open a present today it's going to be socks you know because (laughs) there ain't a range we don't have range I'd rather buy presents on boxing day come check me on boxing day well well, we I mean I don't want to be forced into buying presents the day I buy presents is is for birthdays that is your day I know that you were born on that day I agree any other day I don't know if it really exists that's all I'm saying move on I just ain't about killing that myself for commercial reasons so exactly that but that's it I guess it is the end of the year more so and I guess Merry Christmas Happy Holidays in the fact that this is the time of year where people are relaxing, hopefully. You know, you've got time off work for many women and actually time off work amongst the family. So, and of the, of course, entering a new year, um, time of reflection and, and goal setting and vision setting. <laughs> got one right here. Yes, I'm going to talk a little bit about some other stuff after we do today's um, School in Motion history lesson. So, um, first of all, just a reminder, I say first of all, however many minutes in, if you are listening to us whilst you walk, just a little bit of housekeeping, head over to Strava app, map your walk. Um, add us via clubs, the Catwalk MBMT. Please allow us to see the network of role models who are walking in their power, walking for their physical health, walking for their mental health, their emotional health, their spiritual health. Um, and let's see how our community is growing. I hit that record. Yeah. So well, I'm laughing while you say that because it just reminded me because the last um, post that I posted about my Strava walk was with my niece. Yeah. Oh, did you she, she was vexed because I put her hair up in a hair bun. She's got really low self-esteem. So I put her hair up in a hair bun. She said she didn't look, she didn't like it like that. She doesn't look pretty, et cetera, et cetera. So when we went for our She's walk. Under 10 for, for the listener's benefit. Pardon? She's under the age of 10. About I don't okay. like it like that. <laughs> six. Exactly. She's six. She's not even double digits. So we went for a walk. My girl walked. She had some really 
good social distancing because she was about a half a mile in front of me. I took a picture of her, sent it to her dad, and he's like, Is she vexed? Clearly, <laughs> <any> normal behavior. <laughs> so yeah, Her Strava record is very different from yours because she comes yeah. in miles. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And then she started to walk off and I started screaming that people look at me as if I was like, can't you control your daughter? <laughs> she walking off and running and to the point where I thought she's going to run into the road. Because obviously I've never had her before. So I don't know what her behaviour is like. That's like typical female behaviour and it's in our blood. Like, <laughs> you get on my nerves. I'm stepping. She was in her power. She no, so that's why I was laughing. Yeah, she was definitely walking in her power. <laughs> lovely, lovely shout out, to, <laughs> shout out to little one like Ava and all the other mini catwalkers. Also, my lot, my lot love a catwalk. I did say to you the other day they got off the bus a, a few stops earlier on the way home to get some steps in and I'm feeling very proud of that although don't get off the bus early because it's not safe but I'm feeling very proud of that (laughs) yeah so obviously housekeeping and we are hailing up the final um it's our final hail up for this month's theme which is 2020 vision looking at some of the UK's firsts and the vision that they've set and I feel like we've covered a real range in terms of the stories like it's not been straightforward like this is a woman who set out to do this bam 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 and I guess for many of us our success is by accident like you don't really mean to be being a role model or being inspirational or it's like you're doing what you're doing because it means something to you from your heart and it so happens that your name makes the history books. So we continue on that trend. And um, this week I am amplifying the story of Olivette Otel. Um, Olivette Otel is a historian and a professor of history, um, a professor of the history of slavery at Bristol University. And I thought, a second and third and fourth thought whether or not I would be researching her story. Um, Because in comparison to some of the earlier women that we've amplified, and I don't know if it's about time because I thought the women that we amplified earlier in the podcast, um, many of them have passed and their history is, is long gone. And the, some of the more, the more recent women, so maybe women who are still alive or born sort of in our time, our parents' time, there's so much less information. Um, and as always, uh, yeah, repeated record, but I just think that, that it constantly reminds me of the importance of telling our story and making sure our story is told. And... What what does that mean between a Google Wikipedia and your Instagram stories in terms of how much of your business is out there versus how much of the important parts of your life are noted and remembered? But I just find it really notable that there are so many women now that I'm looking at and 
there's so little information you get a bit of this and a bit of that but not the the depth and the details maybe I'm just nosy but (laughs) (laughs) you and me both you know I'm like you know in comparison to the podcasts that we've listened to that are of a similar nature and like I said some of the his more historical women that we've amplified I'm I'm a little concerned that our stories are not being recorded and so once again as always I encourage our role models to keep your journals tell your stories write your stories whether you know it is a personal diary whether it is how you use social media whether it is you book me as your book coach to write your biography (laughs) (laughs) but um you know let your story be known can I say something there yeah with and I say it with hesitation, but I'm going to say it anyway. That we chose to um, research and talk about Black British women, and maybe maybe there's something to be said about publish the publishing industry. Um, but you know, a lot of our research isn't necessarily just from the books. I guess we use the media, newspapers. No, my my my. my question or rhetorical question or whatever case whatever the case is that we chose to look at black British women mm. and because of a lot of the time you hear about Afri- um, American women yeah so and there's a there's a lot more stories behind the um, American black American women than there is I don't, I don't think so I wonder I, I wonder it doesn't even quite make sense. The reason why I said I, I question maybe publishing or media because maybe it's about the gatekeepers and who allows you to make your story heard. But that said, if you look at like the 1960s in America in comparison to the 1960s in the UK, like the 1960s in America was still rife with segregation. We're talking about the time of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, the time of the Ku Klux Klan where people literally were still really, really, really fighting for civil rights, like really. And in the UK, like we had our own things going on. But if you look at the narratives, like, you know, some of the visuals, some of the arts, the stories um, that we see, like, for example, The Butler, which was uh, um, the film that demonstrated some of those struggles during the 60s. I feel like my, you know, my parents were born in the 60s and their experiences in growing up in London were not as extreme as growing up in the US. So on one hand, I want to be like, maybe the US is more liberal, maybe it was more forthcoming, you know, maybe they're, they're a step ahead of us in terms of recording and selling the stories of black women. But at the same time, in that time, the struggle was real for Americans. So I don't understand it, but actually maybe some of um, the things that I might say about Olivette Otel and her work might start to unpick that or in the future as we get to know her work we might start to unpick that better okay let me sit back so um so yeah I've chosen her because as I said um and she notes she's a she's a historian she records stories and she records the stories of black people and where I'm finding that there's a gap um I think that work like hers is going to be really important and then obviously of course 
there's some real strong academic work that she's doing. So let me delve in. Um, Olivet Otel was born in 1970. She's a historian and professor at the, um, sorry, I keep saying at the, professor of the history of slavery at Bristol University. Um, she is the first black woman to be appointed a, profess a professorial chair in history in the United Kingdom. The first black woman. And she hasn't been in this role for very long. We're talking like in the last decade, last five years, she got that title. So again, can you imagine up until now, all history, whatever history it is, whether it's Tudors or slavery, has been written from the voice of white male, white female. I'm not surprised. <laughs> like, unfortunately, I'm not surprised. That is, yeah. Sorry. Not surprised, but still like, God, like really, really the first black female historian in 2000 and what? Not even the 90s, like. In the, in a decade, this last decade. Sad. Long. It's very, it, I'm not, oh, yeah, I'm not surprised, but I'm very saddened. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Olivet Otel was born in Cameroon in 1970. She grew up in Paris um, and later of course moved to um the uk she completed a bachelor of arts degree in literature in 1998 and her masters of arts in 2000 so there's a little gap between her studying but i don't know much about that time period or what work she was doing in between she received her doctor of philosophy degree in 2005 for a doctoral thesis that looked at Bristol's role of the transatlantic slave trade. And I'd be interested to look at that because I think one of the first times that it stood out to me that there is a lot more history um, in Europe and the UK, two occasions. The first time was when I visited Portugal in about 2008. And um, I learned that Portugal had was home home of one of the first um, European slave houses and slave auction places, and they actually have a place called Lagouche, which is spelled Lagos. And so when I visited, I was like, "Rah!" Like when we think about the transatlantic slave trade, we think about from the continent to the islands to the UK. We Although we know that um, colonialism happened in Africa between the European countries, the scramble for the nations, we don't actually hear about the experiences and life of black people in Europe. So I remember learning that and that standing out to me. And then the second occasion when I realised that I really haven't delved into what black history looks like in Europe and maybe even the UK is when I read um, I'm no longer talking to white people about race and the opening chapters are about um, Liverpool's involvement in the slave trade and I know Liverpool has a very historic trading dock and whatnot but I've, I've never visited it I've never really engaged with it but taking the time to read that book made that stand out to me so i'd be interested to um know and delve into what her um thesis on bristol's role looks like and bristol's quite an interesting place because i've all i don't know much about it i know it's referred to as the black country you've been 
No. Okay. Yeah. So I, I get that much, but like in terms of culture, we've always had a family joke that like people from Bristol sound like Bajans. <laughs> You know, that that far. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <That long. laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. Huh? I don't know how to take that. I'm Bayesian too, you know. I'm not I'm not sure. You're gonna call that now. You're not, you're taking that side today. Although I'm claiming some other islands as I talk to you today. Yeah, as you do. <laughs> I'm a Caribbean girl. <laughs> don't at me. So yeah, after um completing her doctoral studies. Olivet Hotel was made an associate professor at the University of Paris. She was appointed as a senior lecturer at um, Bar, uni- sorry, Bath Spa University in 2013. In 2018, at the age of 48, um, Olivet Hotel became the first black woman to be made professor in the United Kingdom and Bath University. She acknowledged that her promotion of the um, professor role took longer than she'd anticipated because she had caring responsibilities as a mother of two children and um, because she is a woman of colour that there were a few more barriers that she had to face and she didn't, she hasn't made quiet to note that as a poem. Um, What I really love about part of her promotion is that whilst I don't know whilst she didn't necessarily actively set out to say I'm going to be oh there's no black female historians I'm going to be the first like it doesn't seem like she set out to trailblaze in that way she did say upon her um well here we are she said um that whilst she never has sort of anticipated taking on this status, this role, that she hopes that her appointment will open the door for many hardworking women, especially black women in academia. She said, um, she's said to have commented on her promotion that any success that is used only to improve one's own life is a waste of possibilities. This is why being the first black female history professor does not mean anything to me if it is not given and can't find a means to bring others up. What a true role model. She has, she, so you're right there? No, I said yes. No, I said yes. I was agreeing with you. Sorry. She highlighted that um, the difficulties of her becoming a professor um, were entwined with the fact that she had to keep pushing while she had a, a family and she like I said she doesn't hide behind that she says and she's quoted to say it's hard and she gets tired and there's been times where it's been bleak in actual fact she so just like to timeline it she became pregnant with her children during her PhD so I don't know what this means in the new millennium, but when I was growing up, to to start having children in your 30s, you're considered an older mum. Respectfully, you're considered an older mum. But, you know, she was doing her PhD and and started a family. And I love the fact, and we can come back to this, you know, the whole thing on womanhood and motherhood, and I know we're going to talk about it a lot more um, during March when we hail up the mothers, but... I always say compromise, don't sacrifice. Like you don't have to give up what your dreams are and what you're going for because you have 
um, m multiple roles. It's about finding your alignment and what works. And we say alignment rather than balance because it's not always balanced. There'll be times where parts of your life, maybe motherhood, maybe your career, maybe family need, maybe your health needs more attention than others. And you've got to find the, the right alignment. So... And look at last week when we spoke about Tessa. Yeah. Again. Motherhood at a later stage in life. And a different like, route. And, and a different route, yeah. So if you want something, you set out to, to get it, you go you, you achieve it. Exactly. Um oh, where am I? So yeah, in 2019, it was announced her appointment was announced and she assumed her position in January 2020. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, she assumed her position in January 2020 and um, the intention was that she began with a two-year piece of research that examined, as I've said earlier, Brit Bristol's connection with the transatlantic safe trade. Um, and it's anticipated that her study will become a landmark in the way that Britain examines, acknowledges and teaches the history of enslavement. And as a teacher, I guess, and a social sciences teacher, I feel like I'm definitely going to look her up because what a year for her appointment in and then the light of Black Lives Matter and so many people engaging with decolonizing the curriculum and reviewing how it is that we teach what we teach and what it is that we actually teach in regards to race in schools so I wonder if called up to, <laughs> to well help. she's active on twitter she's got two twenty-five thousand followers and she she engages in terms of like all of these announcements and her thoughts and feelings and the things that are quoted are live on her Twitter. So, you know, we never know like next year, everybody that we've spoken about, you know, I'm always shouting that we've said, bring us Arnie Tessa, bring us Arnie Olivet, bring me Sharon. So in her other work, Olivet Otel is a fellow of the Royal Historical Society. She's a board member of Historians Against Slavery. She's an executive board member of the British Society for 18th Century Studies, a member of the Association of Cultural Studies, a member of the um, Centre of International Research for Slavery in France, and she sits on the board of, of the National Archives Trust and is on the V&A museums research she is present in a lot of spaces and a lot of spaces where i presume that she's a minority if not intersectionally by being not just the only black person but the only female only black female in the room and whilst many of us might think oh history i'm not really into it boring da, 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 like one of the pieces of work that she's looking at God knows if she'll find the answer. I, 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 I anticipate reading this piece of work is that she's really um, looking into her motivation for studying history is the urge related to social justice. And Oliver Tottel says she really wants to understand the root of racism and discrimination because for her, the idea of hating someone or um, for something that they're not responsible for is something that is incredibly random. 
And I'm not sure how to read that. Like hating someone for something they're not responsible for is in like hating someone because they're black and it's not their fault. Or are you hating someone that you've tried to claim in terms of slavery? Like you've tried to own us and you have no responsibility over us. Either way, racial hate, where the hell does that come from? Um, and so she believes that the most important thing that history has ever taught her is about kindness, about unpicking like what are the wrongs in society and all of the different ways in which various groups, of course, her focus is on the black community, have overcome that um, in building themselves up as a community, but also working alongside the oppressor as it were because that's the lives that we have to live it doesn't matter how much we acknowledge slavery how much we hate that it's happened as my mom used to say which I strongly used to rebuke is you're a black girl living in a white man's world and we've had to learn to coexist with that and suppress you'd go mad if you actually had to really live every day thinking about racism and oppression. Um, my final point on Oliver is that, and this is really heartwarming, is that her greatest influence, um, her greatest influence is the Congolese historian, Elikia, I'm gonna pronounce the name wrong, sorry, so, sorry to my Congolese folks, so Elikia Mbokolo, and she says that um, Elikia Mbukolo has the greatest impact on, has had the greatest impact on her through her work um, in historical writing. Um, and I just love the fact that, again, you know, she, she spoke about her work being irrelevant if it doesn't support other people, but very rarely do we read about the women that these black women see as role models, if that makes sense. So I've never heard of this other Congolese historian that she looks up to, but clearly there's somebody else who um, has played a role in inspiring her. And that's not the only person she mentions. I have to mention this one more and you'll get why in a second. But um, Oliver Attell was photographed to um, to honour the contributions of black, Asian and minority ethnic staff, students and alumni at Bristol University. And her portrait features in a series to celebrate Be More Empowered for Success. And in her portrait, she is holding a picture of Dame Perlette Louise, who, who was the Governor General of St. Lucia. Yeah, but for <laughs> more of my people. <laughs> so she, that was for <laughs> I'm an island girl so she's holding up a picture of Dame Perlette Louis, um, Louise um, Governor General of St Lucia who completed who also completed her PhD at the Department of Education at Bristol in 1991 and Olivet described um, Paulette Louise as a pioneer and a dedicated educator whose positive impact spans across several de um, decades and it is a privilege to sit behind sit beside her portrait and I, I'm going to close there like there isn't um, much to know about Olivette's personal life bar the fact that she juggled motherhood with her achievements at work but I'm going to close there because it is just such a beautiful 
example of someone who has used role modeling to build themselves up and continues to believe that unless I can be a role model for someone else, my work is not worth it. And I just love that. Um, and it resonates so much with what we do yeah. in our personal lives and what we do with the, um, the catwalk movement. You know, everything we do is for, to help others, to serve other people. Exactly. And I just feel like that's when you are, and a lot of the books I'm reading, a lot of things I'm studying, it states that that's when you're at your most happiest is when you're serving other people. It's all well and good, yeah, you do things for yourself, but when you're serving other people and helping others, even if you're having the most rubbish day and you can get to do something for somebody else, that will then take your mind off of that rubbish day that you're doing. So yeah, it's great to see so many other black women doing likewise yeah, yeah. and role models this is it this is it so amplify big up thank you to the work of olivette etel and i'm hoping in the very near future can you imagine i've just had a wild idea but now i've said it god knows it will happen the universe knows what happened can you imagine like the first annual catwalk movement conference and we have all the living women in our podcast in one room just sipping on champagne talking about their histories and and you know who what's gonna happen what's gonna happen surprise you with sharon (laughs) she's gonna rock up she's gonna rock up i'm gonna be like i'm gonna be networking in the room yeah i'm just gonna be like hi how are you i'm chantel and i'm gonna be like and you and she's like i'm sharon and I'm not even going to deep it. I'm going to be like, oh, hi, Sharon. What do you do? No, that was not going to go like that. I said, I'm going to surprise you with her. Like, we're You're going to bring her. Yeah, we're going to do uh, this uh, on stage. And then I'm going to be like, I've got something for Chantel. And you're going to do flowers. And Sharon's just going to role model herself on stage. Walk that catwalk, that power walk. as a yeah. Why, why, Shad? I don't know how, I don't know if people realise how much this is important to me and I don't know why it is so important to me, but it really, really is. Um, it is, so here we are. <laughs> I'm working with it, I'm working with it as we speak. Thank you. Um, so, we're almost at the end of the year. Um, mm. next, I mean, the last podcast for the year, for, the, for our 2020 Vision um, month, I guess we'll be discussing some of our our tips and tools around vision and, and our vision for the catwalk for 2021. Um, but, you know, like I said earlier, it's, it's definitely the time of year where you reflect and God knows there's some reflections in terms of, you know, what, what has been of this year. And I don't mean the C word. I mean, like, literally, what have you learned about yourself? How have you functioned? Where have been your successes? Where have been your low points? Unpicking those low points. Why do you feel so sad? Why do you feel so lonely? What is it about social presence, outdoor space, whatever? All the things that have been triggerous to people, um, you know, strongly encouraged to take it as a learning in, in asking yourself some deeper questions about, you know, who am I in this time? But um. I know we're going to delve deeper into that maybe next week and maybe with some surprise workshops, albeit online, perhaps, in the intermediary, perhaps. 
Which no I, more tears. No more tears. No more tears. I mean, it's the tears. So I guess for anyone listening who doesn't keep up with our social media or our newsletter, which you should, email us, contact at the Catwalk Movement, the catwalkmvmt.com to sign up to our newsletter and find us on the socials at the Catwalk MVMT to keep up to date with what we're doing. But last week, we were up until the very last point, we were like the retreat, our first Catwalk self-love retreat is happening. And... I'll save all expletives, but Saturday the news dropped that it really, really wasn't going to happen because the venue couldn't facilitate. So I say it wasn't going to happen, it wasn't going to happen this month. We postponed. We've got, I think like if anything, the bright side is if the wrong models knew what we had in store for the two days that we planned and now knowing that we've got two to three more months to continue planning. Mm -hmm. I mean, Litty. (laughs) right um the other thing that you and i need to discuss but i just want to bring to the table as we're here at this time of the year is last week and in our last newsletter we spoke a little bit about the difficulties at home that people are facing especially during this time of year being at home potentially with a significant other that isn't always the most loving that they can be and so personally having um sadly received the news that a friend of a friend had committed suicide because of um domestic violence i i really want to encourage our role models to support um any charities that are related for example women's aid i want us to remember to um I want us to remember that there's someone that can listen. And I, and I put myself forward. If nobody else find me, message me, email, social media, like there's definitely someone who cares to some degree and apologies. Um, if that was an unexpected, unexpected announcement and a little bit triggerous. Um, and even the term that I use, um, you know, I, I know many people prefer to refer to it as taking the taking of her life. Um, so my thoughts are with women who are struggling at this time in varying degrees. And just a reminder, I mean, what else can I say? I was talking to my auntie about it and she's like, walk. <laughs> and that's what we're about. Walk, walk in your power, like walk. And I second that I'm here as well for anybody, you know, catch them on the socials also yeah yeah it's it's our it's a hard time and we're not always aware of especially i think in this time of being in lockdown when we're quite insular and then you know people have done well to sort of survive in terms of the social media i'm going to post my banana bread i'm going to post my workout i'm going to post my whatever the thing there was when you go from house girl to the Cinderella makeovers, you know, being creative on the, the, the Instagram, or the reels, you know, people, people are presenting what is the best of them. And we scroll and we scroll and we scroll. And I think we've received so much bad news this year. We almost become immune to it. It's like, you know, sometimes I'm on a reel and I'm like, I'm sorry, not a reel. I'm on a, um, on my feed and I'm just scrolling scrolling and you might read something like such and such 
died, 25 migrants in a van. Da, 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 da. And to think that you don't even pause anymore to think, rah, like death. Mm. That we just are so immune or we're seeing the best of people even in bad situations that we forget that actually, and I think you said it on your socials this week, talk to people, pick up the phone. Yeah. Like Sometimes a text doesn't do it. Hi, how are you? I'm all right. When you hear someone's voice, when you see someone's face, you yeah. can truly interact with. And don't just ask how people are. And when people ask how you are, don't fall into the habit of just being like, fine, how are you? Like, don't do the, 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 the role play of it. Like, answer like, the question. And that's why I mentioned about pick up the phone because I'm the lived example of, oh, yeah, send the text. Yeah, I'm fine. Whilst I'm sitting there not fine. Yeah, I won't even go into it because we could be here for another episode. But yeah, pick up, picking up the phone and actually hearing someone's voice, verbally talking to someone. And if you can, I know it might be too intrusive, but to video call or let them know that you may be video, like something, like just have a deeper connection because it makes such a big difference. And, on, and going back to what you're saying about the the sad story about the young lady, um, having some kind of code if needed as well. Like you have to gather together now and be really um, creative about how you communicate. Because you know we've been at home and some people being at home with with, with their partners and wherever they call them each other. But being at home with somebody else, they may need a key word. Yeah. What? Okay. So you plan that ahead of time. What is going to be your key word for me to know that you need to get out? You know. So. Diamonds of the day. Like if I if I haven't said good morning, I'm making a cup of tea by ten a.m. Maybe I'm not having a good day. Like I don't know. Yeah, something, something that you and somebody else can know that that's you know that's 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 the warning sign. That's your signals. And I guess just being intuitive as well. Like yeah. I think sometimes we go, and it's fine. You know, people have their own lives. They've got things going on. But you go so long with being like, oh, I haven't heard from this one in a while. And you just keep it moving. Like, you haven't heard from this one in a while. Try and hear from them, in it. <laughs> Do you know it's like when I get sent you, you send me a text, but like, I'll call you back. <laughs> this innocent, like, yeah. We're, we're, we're never more than 12 hours apart. <laughs> I'm, I'm still calling you back. I'm still doing the calls. Yes, yeah, so when I can, I FaceTime. <laughs> I don't care. I'm, that's without warning. <laughs> Grateful. Grateful. Yeah, so, but no, not even all jokes because that's not even a joke. But on all seriousness, it is a serious thing out there, and I'm just grateful for the position that I am in. And mm. once again, if you need help, holla. Yeah, for true. So we get to a point where we have to wrap up yet another episode. Um, but I'm, I'm going to save any of the, the speechy, speechy stuff because we still got one more this year. You know I'm a sentimental being. You say that I'm a Cancerian, so you have to get used to the sentimentals. Uh, I, I'm actually looking forward to it because I've, yeah, this might be an extended one. I've got a lot to say. Not a lot to say like that, but so much things have happened yeah. that you didn't expect to happen. And it's exactly. just... I, can't, I actually can't wait. I think it's going to be a really useful, reflective conversation. To be mm. honest, I'll tell you after. <laughs> right. On that note, on that note, ladies, 
you know, despite it being December, the weather has actually been really nice, really nice for walk for walks. Bar the when it's not raining. Mm. Who caught my drippy not raining picture on on the on the gram? Drip, 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 drip. But I'm dripping. Um, <laughs> hashtag only fans. Um, <laughs> um, when it's not raining, no, honestly, the, the it is proper. Whatever people say, it's so nice and fresh out there. Whatever you hear, yeah, it is it. So honestly. As we say, and I'll be explicit, you know, part of the catwalk movement is us saying, as black people, let's take up spaces that we're not expected to take up. Typically, that Boxing Day walk, that after Christmas dinner walk, is a white folk thing. We can do it too. Go take your work. Take your work. Nothing else is happening out there. There's no Boxing Day sales. There's, you know, there's no street to walk. So, Make time and walk for your health, your 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 spiritual, mental, emotional well-being, and step in your power. Yes. Yes, I. Yes. I. Until next time. Lots of love. Lots of end of year, holiday, Christmas spirit, and all of them things there. And speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.